0: Welcome back to the Unexpected Story Podcast. For today's episode, I have Mary Kay Schulte here with me. Mary Kay is a wife, a mom, an OT by trade, who is living life with her family in Houston, Texas. At 42 years old, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Today, she talks about her journey with cancer, the way the Lord prepared her heart, the things He taught her about parenting, and how she gained confidence in His Word through this Unexpected Story. Here is my conversation with Mary Kay.
1: Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. And um, yes, I'll, I'd love to share my story and just how God has worked through that time and, and uh, through even times later. But yes, at 42, I had had just a regular mammogram and it, they wanted to redo it. And when they did, uh, I, was, I was referred to a surgeon to have a biopsy. And um, so, and I actually, we did a biopsy and the surgeon was like, oh, no cancer, it's fine, you're just fine, we'll send it off and everything will be fine. So it was like the next, well, the day before, I was to go in and get the results I really had spent quite a bit of time in prayer and God had given me the verses in 2nd Corinthians um, 15 which says for all things are for your sakes so that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God therefore we do not lose heart But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight of glory far beyond. All comparison, while we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are perishing, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So, these are the verses God gave me the night before we went to see the physician. And he also gave me a vision. And at that point, it was Jesus entering into my household. So a little bit about where I was in my life. I was a a mother of three, um, and my youngest was four years old. I had one in first grade and one in second grade. And um, we lived in Texas. I was an at-home mom, and uh, mainly because it was too expensive to work and have three in daycare. And uh, just going along with life. So the vision that I had that night before I went in to talk to the doctor was Jesus was in showing me through my house. And I loved my house. It was a ranch house. And, but he took me to a new door that I'd never recognized or seen before, opened the door, and we went into the room. And in the room, it was dark. It was cold. It was like uninviting. And Jesus was telling me that he wanted me to open up the windows, put fire in the fireplace, and invite people in. Hmm. And it was a brand new room, so it would be a brand new experience. And that was my vision the night before. So Rick and I can remember walking that day into the doctor's office, and he's looking at us really sheep, sheepishly
0: mm.
1: and kind of like tail between his legs going, well, it is cancer, because mm. he told us no. It wasn't, and it was nothing to worry about. So the verses and the vision made sense at that point, though it was really, it was like your world stops with that kind of diagnosis. And every every perspective in your life changes. And from a sunny, nice, sweet afternoon, it's like you're walking out into a storm. Mm -hmm. and the difficulty of the unknown, and what does that mean, and what do we need to do next? Um, Very, very... It was an unfamiliar experience where just your whole life changes in a moment. And... So I can remember people really... Wanting to be helpful and also being very, very scared and didn't even want to like find out which doctor I'd want to go to and all of that. It was and uh, needed to just spend time with God and ask Him to do my next steps for me because Mm. I I felt completely frozen. Mm. It's very difficult. And Uh, Just that complete unknown. Mm -hmm. And he did. So we did another um, surgery where they took lymph nodes. And um, this was right before they started sentinel lymph nodes. So they took 19 lymph nodes out of my right arm and found, by the grace of God, micro... Cancer that was extremely aggressive, and um, they had told me several times that if they had sliced the biopsy a different way, they wouldn't have found it. Wow! So that set me up for uh, the stage two cancer. So, it's, but it set me up for chemo, and that was the beginning of a really difficult, I, I called it my school treatment because it was like nine months. It started like in September and went through the school year, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And the vision that Jesus had given me was more and more, invite people in and show, me, show them my white hot love. And so that was what was in my mind. And very soon, after some of my first treatment or surgery, I couldn't tell you exactly, there was Rick's office came to visit. And there was like, I don't know, 10 people sitting around my living room that now seemed the place that Jesus had showed me and to share his love. And I did have an opportunity to share about my faith and even how the verse he'd given me, you know, it was all things are for your sake, that God is really here. He's really with me. He wants you to know that. He wants me to know that. And people were there with open hearts because of the pain and suffering that I was Mm -hmm. going through. And actually, those people were huge, so huge. From his office there was people who came and picked up laundry every week and did it for me a couple of different ones and you know I would have never just gotten to know them or invited them into my house if I didn't have cancer mm. and then I had another friend that would pick up my 4-year-old couple of week days a week because I was too through the treatment and the surgeries I was too weak to walk across the room and with a four-year-old that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I needed somebody to take care of her all the time. And um, this lady would come and take take her to um, her house for the day. She had a baby. and um, Actually, Kate, that's my youngest, who was a four-year-old, really learned a lot about flexibility because she went to all these houses. And when I did have chemo and I was so sick from the chemo she would stay the night with people Mm. and you know so at four years old she was spending nights with families and she loved it she just thought that was great and um, one of my biggest fears during treatment especially when I was so sick that I I could just feel the life force draining out of me was that I was not going to be there for my children. Mm. And God said to me, so who do you think the better parent is? Is it you, or is it me? Mm. And I'm just going, oh, yeah, God, you think you can parent my kids? Okay, okay. And he just assured me that they would be well taken care of, even if I was not there. Mm. And that it, it wasn't me that was that important; it was God in their lives that was important. Wow! So then, God just used so many people. Um, my back door neighbor taught my middle girl Amanda how to ride a bike, so he could. Well, there was a couple of different neighbors that took the kids. Uh, the first and second graders and would ride bikes with them to school and back because I couldn't take them to school and uh, were, you know, supervised their going and coming. And I had a group of people. This is just an example of how God took care of me during treatment. Yeah. So I had a friend who coordinated all meals and people brought us meals for nine months. Um, and then I had a friend that coordinated doctor's appointments because I was too weak to drive. So I would have people pick me up and take me. I was getting treatment at MD Anderson, and we lived about probably 45 minutes at that point um, from there. So they would have to drive me in and stay with me and then bring me back and... uh, they, it became a time of friendships that I built from people I didn't know that well, but they would pick me up. And by the time we spent all afternoon together, then we would be friends hmm. and uh, opportunity to share with people you know, what God was doing and how he was sustaining us. So through all of treatment, I really just saw God work time and time again. And that was the first diagnosis. I've been diagnosed three times. Oh, wow. So the first one was breast cancer. The second one was also breast cancer, but it was a different primary. So my first breast cancer was 100% over 100% estrogen positive. And my second breast cancer was triple negative. That's what you call mm. it. So which is very aggressive, and, but it was caught even earlier than my first not in the lymph nodes. But I was also, at the same time, diagnosed with thyroid cancer. So I'd had surgery, and that was 10 years after my first diagnosis. Yeah, no, it was like 12 years after my first diagnosis, thinking about, I'd done tamoxifen, which was also another, uh, it was just difficult to take tamoxifen, which is a, an estrogen inhibitor. And, you know, all of life for a woman, if you don't have estrogen, life is not fun. Mm. And because I had a lot of anxiety, just psychological, physical anxiety, and just did not feel well on tamoxifen. But God had prompted me to take it and to... To have that assurance for my family that I had done everything I could do to mm-hmm. maintain uh, good health. So it was like, I think two years after I was off tamoxifen that I had a reoccurrence. But it wasn't estrogen positive at that point, it was the uh, triple negative. So we, at that point, uh, I kind of knew what was going to happen. Going in and I needed to have my thyroid removed um, and the surgeon didn't want to remove all of it. They wanted to keep part of it and I needed to have uh, the, the lump. So the first cancer was one breast. The second cancer was the other breast. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do well in surgeries, So they agreed to do one surgery but have the two different procedures done. But after that surgery, when I was in recovery, I had a like my body just reacted to, and um, I was just swelling like my neck became the size of my head, and they it was occluding my uh, airways, so they rushed me back into surgery. There's a whole nother lot of detail with that. Rick mm-hmm. was there, just watched it happen. And when they did that, they put a um, tube down my throat and abated me so so quickly, and it uh, has paralyzed my vocal cord hmm. from that intervention. But luckily, I was oh, I survived that. yeah. <laughs> but it also made life a lot harder. So at that point, it was 10 years later. Uh, Kate was in high school. My youngest, who'd been four at the time, was now in high school. Mm -hmm. And um, my other two were in college. And so it was Kate, Rick, and I at the house. And I was, again, just needing extreme care. And uh, so, again, God really used just the people around us to bring in food, to... uh, take Kate where she needed to go, and Rick and Kate really bonded in new and deep ways from from that time. So throughout, after that diagnosis um, was when I really started to do support of other cancer patients. So the kids were, you know, old enough that I I wasn't just always doing kid stuff, and started a meeting with. Well, I had been meeting with people, but it it had shifted into a tr- true ministry of when I would meet someone who was diagnosed with cancer that I was alerted to just be an encourager that God uses hard things, that suffering can be a blessing. Yeah
0: absolutely so thanks for sharing your story and I uh, just want to kind of unpack some of those things sure. <laughs> um, uh, right off the bat when you're talking about the vision that God gave you and uh, the verses that he gave you you mm-hmm. see, look back now you can see how applicable those verses were right. for the next day that you were about to walk into that y'all didn't know and yeah. um, how like sweet of the Lord to prepare you to know what's coming and I just yes. think it shows like his care um preparing you I know in my own life you know looking back it's so amazing to see how God was preparing you for things that you didn't even see
1: coming. Well God has done things like that on many different levels many different ways Mm -hmm. and uh, it's always fun to remember these stories and know when I'm feeling that you know I don't know what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. or things are hard and we all have hard things you know it doesn't have to be cancer it can be lots of you know just being misunderstood or things don't go well at work or school or whatever
0: um and then you talked about your fear like one of your greatest fear was for your children and you know leaving them behind essentially and um how did you see
1: the lord work in that well it was interesting because the kids needed to overcome fear as well Mm. Um, especially my middle daughter she had a hard time sleeping during that time because well, it's scary. Mom yeah. isn't can, is laying on the couch with a bald head and throwing up. You know, and it's <laughs> it's just scary. Yeah. And um, God assured me that He would take care of her, so I needed to also assure her that God would take care of her. And what we ended up doing was going to Romans eight and memorizing verses together. So, when, uh, what shall we say then if, if God is for us, who's against us? And he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? So at this point, we're, I was able to talk to Amanda. So she was um, second grade, so seven, around seven years old, mm-hmm. and talked to her about God being personal and how that is important when we don't know what life is going to bring. And what I could tell her was I could not guarantee that I was going to survive the treatment. But I could guarantee that God would take care of her yeah. and that Rick would take care of her and that God would provide people to, to do the things that needed to be done for her. And so then we went down... Um, But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we would go over these verses before she went to bed, and God really solidified her life in Christ, That time, and for me as well, because then it was a letting go to let God care for her in ways that I could not guarantee or know, Mm -hmm. even if I would survive. Yeah. So this is something that I've been able. It was relief to to really believe that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. A true deep relief that I was didn't have to worry if I did not survive. Um, later when Kate was in first grade her Girl Scout leader was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and God really uh, had me write her. I didn't know her that well. In fact I was still not doing a lot of things with the kids just physically not able and um, that Girl Scout troop was really sweet and taking care of Kate and making sure she got places and did things. But I wrote this lady who had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, these things, and the verses, and just told her I was praying for her and um, that it was important for her to know that God would take care of her little girl. She had one little girl, and that was first grade. I'm pretty sure that was first grade for Kate. And I only saw her one time after that, but she was so appreciative, Mm. you know, that as we share, and it was really scary for me to even write that letter, Mm -hmm. you know, to just even make that kind of confirmation. And she did not survive. That was, uh, it it was pretty quick. It seemed like maybe three or four months of treatment she had and then passed, but you know, just even to look back on that time and see that God had taught me about how God could parent, mm-hmm. and would parent if I was not there. Not that He doesn't use me as a parent now, but it, there's a lot of confidence in mm-hmm. that, and that I could pass it on to someone who was in that specific situation. Mm-hmm. And that was even an impetus to continue to to share what god had taught me through cancer and through hardship
0: yeah i love that that you gained confidence enough in the lord's word for yourself to be able to encourage somebody else else, yes um walking through similar things yes i just love that um and i know you mentioned multiple times about all the people that came around you and Mm -hmm. carried you through that time Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. village that kind of held you all up during that season just the
1: practicality of well, and also learning how to receive help. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that is. Uh, I think especially in American culture, mm-hmm. it is not perceived as a good thing that you need help, uh, and to receive it humbly, but with gratefulness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the help comes in ways you don't want or expect, uh, like some of the people who would like make pick pick me up and take me to doctors you know that wasn't somebody i would have chosen to do that but then god would use it you know and it and just to be open to what he's doing even if it's not like oh yeah that's exactly what i wanted
0: yeah i think that phrase right there alone is like the heart of this podcast you know the unexpected car ride or the unexpected diagnosis or the unexpected loss or trauma or whatever, um, that we wouldn't have chosen. Right. How God takes those things, if we allow Him, and surrender those things to Him, how He can turn it into a yes. blessing. And you get a new friend out of it, or you get to see
1: the Lord more through it. Or, Well, and I spent, um, we had breast cancer support groups. So when I was first diagnosed, it was actually in a neighborhood, and it was more of a prayer group, because there was about three or four ladies that I did not know before, they had started a support group, and I was going to, the, to that. And a lot of what God used through that time was the prayer itself, but also the sharing of what God has taught me to encourage other people. And I, I did that for about, well, until we moved to Memphis. I was pretty much monthly in some kind of support group. And it wasn't a thing that I needed to follow up with everybody And you know, be a big part of their lives, but it was a moment because I didn't have the stamina. I tried, I tried, I would try to follow up, and then it wouldn't work because I just couldn't physically do it. Yeah. And uh, so God finally got through my head. I didn't have to do that. He just had me go and speak in the moment, and it was almost always about. Seeing God's love and not not being bitter or angry about what was going on in your life, but to see the gratitude and to be able to take in the hard things and see what God was doing good through it. Mm -hmm. And gratitude was really, um, there was all kinds of reaction to that. Because the, the cultural thought right now is, you know, if it's not going my way, then it's not good. Yeah. And to see God's economy, to understand, you know, it, God is for us, who's against us. And that's in the midst of cancer. It's not after cancer. Or, You know, I really like to encourage people to see in the hard times. It's, it's there you know a lot of times I will hear people tell me well I understood you know five years later but really we can see God's work in the moment today when it is hard mm-hmm. definitely
0: so what would you say like before your diagnosis of cancer how is your relationship with the Lord and how has it changed through this journey
1: um it's it, that's an interesting question I think my relationship was really pretty good at that point. Um, I was doing, my main ministry was actually teaching Bible study and uh, prayer groups called Moms in Prayer. Mm -hmm. Actually, at that point, it was called Moms in Touch. But it was a prayer group where you would pray for your children weekly with other moms who were in The same school as my kids. Mm -hmm. So um, I was learning more probably through that prayer time and God's work and seeing God work in the moment. Like one time I woke up, I was supposed to, we would take turns leading, but I I did a lot of leading in that group, and God gave me a verse about God being our shield. Mm -hmm. We were praying for that. We walk out the door. We were meeting in homes. We walked out the door. It was time to go pick up the kids. And the helicopters are going overhead. And there is like a drug bust with guns. And they got the school shut down. But we've been praying that God would be the shield. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) And it was like I walked out the door and just went, oh, that's why you wanted us to pray that today. Mm -hmm. You know, just to see him work. In, the, in that kind of day to day thing, and know I, I could trust God with my kids when there was a drug bust and the police are running around and mm-hmm. helicopters are flying over our house. Yeah. So it's like I learned a lot, you know, just from that. And I think that is mainly both corporate prayer but, and personal prayer. Learning how to open up to see, well, what do you want me to do? You know, what verse, what next thing, that kind of, and be willing to take that in and do the next step.
0: Uh, even that Romans 8 verse that you shared, you know, the present and the future. Yeah. Nothing can separate us in the current moment and whatever tomorrow holds, because um, it's not certain for any of us. And right. so... Being able to hand that unknown and the, the what-ifs that could be out there over to Him is yeah. like
1: such a freeing thing. And, and we really live in the unknown even though so much of life is familiar and we hang on to that because yep. we need familiarity Yeah. But if our, our familiarity is really with God and Christ through the Holy Spirit's work, then that's where our security can lie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want you to share that verse again. The second Corinthians, second Corinthians 4. Yeah, just to read it again because I just want to hear it. Sure, sure. Now that we've like heard your
1: story, yeah, it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, and it is, (laughs) yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. For momentary light affliction is producing for us eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are perishing, but the things that are unseen are eternal." I mean, this is just
0: like one avenue of you sharing your story and the grace for His glory. Yes. Um, I know we're both from Texas, and we're both sitting in Memphis now and yes. our yes. unexpected stories. And I know in Texas, at 42, you never imagined sharing your story again.
1: Yes. Yes, God works in many ways. Just, yeah, the whole story of how we got to Memphis is, is fun and unusual and difficult in many ways, but... One thing I wanted to say is that um, when God brought so many people into my life during cancer, and a lot of times I couldn't get off the couch or out of bed, but people were there and we would have conversations. And what was always encouraging to me was later, I mean, weeks later, sometimes years later, people would come in and say, oh, you know, you told me this, and I'd go. Yep. I did? I don't even remember it. Yeah. I mean, literally. Yeah. I, my, I have, because of chemo and some of my treatments, I have very little long-term memory, almost no timelines. And um, even the kids will say, oh, you know, when we did this, and I'll just, I have no, absolutely no memory of it. But it, there's still confirmation that God was at work. Yeah. And it's not because I can even remember it, you know? Yeah. And that is an encouragement to me, to continue to just do what God shows me day by day.
0: Yeah. One thing I've been thinking about the Lord a lot lately is Him being the initiator of things. You know, in Genesis, like, He created this, you know, with Job, like, He went to Satan, you know, initiated even the book of Job, and just over and over again, you see God initiating things, and Mm -hmm. He initiated those people, you know, into your life, and He initiated kind of the vision and the, the verse preparing you, and... Yes, even
1: things like when I was first diagnosed, one of my friends who uh, was in Moms in Prayer, she her husband was a researcher at MD Anderson, and so he knew the head of the breast cancer clinic and got me direct, quickly and directly into him as a physician. Yep. <laughs> and um, he was fantastic and okay. actually did some research research um, Things for him, you know, um, drug trials and things like that. So, and actually, the new the, I was in the newspaper because of one of those research trials. So, it's, yeah, you know, you, it's
0: got, he's got it. What would you say to someone who's been recently diagnosed with cancer or just any kind of health problem or their family's
1: diagnosed? Well... That's a hard question to answer, because what I like to do is really know where they are first, because what you say, how to encourage, it's not the same for everyone, and where what people can take in, and you know what I'm even able to do, or I maybe can't hit where they are, but to ask God to bring someone who can so because that's happened to me at different times yeah but just again the encouragement of god at work today and it that's in love and basically it's sharing the gospel of jesus christ Mm -hmm. because yes if god is for us who's against us and it's not that god is punishing us i did have people when i was first diagnosed say well what'd you do that you got cancer Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband, John 9, where the disciples are asking, you know, was it the parents or the, the person who was born blind? Uh-huh. And the answer, Jesus says, it that it was for the glory of God. And Rick was very, very strong about that uh, in telling people Rightfully that those so. verses... <laughs> Uh, Which was very helpful to me, you Mm -hmm. know, and he's been uh, an extreme support, something that as I've been with people through cancer has been such a surprise to me where a woman with breast cancer, a lot of times the husbands will truly just completely disassociate and even divorce because Mm -hmm. they can't handle the needs in, in that situation. And so sad, yeah. so so hard.
0: Yeah, that's where marriage becomes a picture of Jesus's commitment to His bride. Yes. No matter yes. what. Yes, exactly.
1: And yeah. Rick was quite a example of that, and um, in ways that are completely unnatural to him. Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit can do amazing things. Yes, he can. Yeah.
0: even carrying y'all through this journey. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to share?
1: Well, I think it's sort of interesting because one of the harder times during treatment was at the end. So when you are declared cancer-free and you walk out of the clinic or the hospital and they say you're done and you feel like, oh, you're just up in the air and what's next and will it come back? The fear of recurrence is Mm -hmm. and Quite honestly, so the, late, the three ladies who started that support group initially, two of them have passed. Mm-hmm. And I've known many people. One of my better friends that I've walked through cancer with, we were diagnosed around the same time. She died about five or six years ago. that has been more than that. Anyway, it, you know, there is no assurance of today or tomorrow. No. And learning to not dwell on the bad possibilities, but to really be filled with God so you can spill God back out is the best way to fight that fear and anxiety. Mm. Because it's there and it's real, you know, that... I've walked through it with different people, several people, but it's um, but we don't have to be strung by it. we don't have to be defeated by it or you know we can through the power of the Holy Spirit be able to fight those fears.
0: yeah, that's interesting because I've never thought about kind of your Thoughts and emotions after finishing cancer. Usually, you're just trying to get through it, and yes. then
1: you are through it, and then yeah, still and not through what the fight. It, and you It's interesting because, and I found that uh, even because I've had many different kinds of physical problems, but when I'm always on the mend, I tend to try to overdo and be back to my normal. But uh, that's usually when I get in trouble. Either I get sick again, or I just completely mess up relationships or, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to do too much to be, to assure myself. And I've learned that resting, physical, literal resting is so important because that allows time for God to work. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, even during my first diagnosis, I can remember I just could not do one more thing and it was like God said to me, Lay down and take a nap. And I did. And when I woke up, several of the things that really needed to be done got done. They were done. Like I love somebody it. called and somebody else did this and somebody did that. And it was like, Oh, I could just take a nap and God can work. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was very wow. very relieving because yeah. Life does not really depend on me.
0: That illusion of control that we hold—yes, that we control our days—to make things happen. Yeah. What a picture of God working while you rest. Yeah.
1: And I have to relearn that. It's it's very interesting because it's not a one and none of this is one and done. This is. This is something you it's a discipline it's a choice over and over and over and that's true for any of us whether you've had cancer or not you know whatever the difficulty is
0: well thank you so much for sharing your story and i know god is proud of you and the way y'all <laughs> stuck in there with him stayed faithful to the
1: end he's very faithful so yeah. he does uphold us yeah
0: Uh, One last story that's not related to cancer that I just love so much is I just want you to share about selling your house in Houston recently. Okay. Yeah, Um,
1: yes. I know we're taking a right turn very quickly. No, but it's... I love these kind of things because it happens a lot. So I love to watch God at work. Yeah. Um, So I... In Texas, we'd lived in that area for 30 years in the specific house for 26. So Mm -hmm. it was filled with memories and my adult kids now and all when we chose to move to uh, Memphis so Rick could work at St. Jude all of my adult children lived in Houston in Mm. the Houston area so it was very hard to leave but my after we left my daughter started dating and she was getting married and she'd been living with us in that house so she's she was Leaving the house and we decided to sell it Uh, but it was not my favorite thing to do but i had spent a lot of time going down going through things giving lots and lots of stuff away and cleaning out the house and um well i had a daughter getting married i had another daughter having a baby another daughter been sick there was lots of things going on during this time and it took me a lot longer than I expected and as I was I met with my realtor and early in this process to have her look at the house and say what needed to be done and you know we made we kind of made a plan and she was say, oh you need to finish it by this time because this is when sales happen you know and after that time it was the summer and after that time then Sales really slow down and just don't happen. Well, like this kept getting longer and longer, and there was other things I needed to do, and it took, and I could had to rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would do something, and then I would have to rest, and it was pa- passing through the summer, and past the summer, past the sales, the hot sales time. And my realtor said, "Well, you should expect it to sit." a while now and you know it'll sell but it'll take a while so when we finally got it on the market and I at that point I told her well it, that's true but God is able to work and that was what he was thinking uh or what he was telling me is that it's you know I'm never early I'm never late I'm always on time and you can be part of that on time this so that's the from the Tolkien uh, the hobbit. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. Anyway. So we finally got on the market and it sold full price in four days. <laughs> that is how God does things. Well, and it was even this was funny. So we got a we got a bid and it was a low ball bid, so we were negotiating. And it was not full price. And we were negotiating and they had said, so it was our turn to come back. And that was when somebody had called and said, oh, is the house still on the market? And it was because we hadn't solidified the contract. Mm -hmm. And they put in a full price offer. And then the other people put in a full price offer. So Mm -hmm. it was like we even had a choice at that point. it was just, just hilarious. One up, you know? Yes, it was like... Just because he can. Yes, it was really yeah. fun to watch that happen. Yeah. And a blessing for even the memories of that house. I, I hated to see the house go, but it was also a good indication that we have... And actually only one of my children now live in Houston.
0: In Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you so much, Mary Kay, for sharing your story with us and I'm excited to see how God's going to use your story um, to impact other people. Do you mind praying us out? I would
1: be glad to do that. (laughs) Lord, we thank you that you are a God who, a blessing, provision, and love. We thank you that you're overwhelming in your goodness, that you are light and that we can walk in your presence as a gift lord we thank you that our ways are not your ways that you are higher and mightier and better and good lord just open our hearts to who you are and how to walk in your presence lord teach us your ways in ways that we can glorify you and know your goodness We thank you that we can be uh, in Christ and transformed, Lord, and we look to you and believe these things for our lives and for those around us, Lord. We just ask you to bring many into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you
0: so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you so much, Mary Kay, for your vulnerability and willingness to allow God to use your story. Tune in next Monday for next week's episode, The Unexpected Journey of Addiction. Go fully live out your story and we'll see y'all back next week.